good's this? How good? This. How good? This. How good's this? I went to your New York show, which was probably one of the handful of last ones that you did. Mm-hmm. Did, you, mm-hmm. did you pay for a ticket? Absolutely not. I've, <laughs> I've never paid for an Alan Stone ticket in my life. We um, know. Nor will I ever. Not never? because I don't want to support you, but I think I support you in other ways. So I just like, I'm just not going to ever. I mean, if, I, if you like made me, I probably would just not go. <laughs> <laughs> You're not I that mean, into it? No, no, I am into it. I just would. I don't. Maybe I would. I don't know. Yeah, like, we, would, we would never I, let you pay for a ticket. To I don't. Show. Just don't like. Yeah, it would be. It would just be strange. A strange situation. If it was like a uh, some sort of tribute show at the White House or something, right, right, right. right. You know, and I, I only had one guest list, and my mom was like, I really want to go. And I had, like, had, you, I, I don't think I'd have the opportunity to go at that point then. You but know? if you came to but me and you were I like, did. dude, I really, like, the the first, the president's daughter, I'm really been jonesing on her, I think I got a shot. <laughs> maybe, I, like maybe, I like how that's where you think maybe, that's the motivation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Chelsea Clinton's going to be there. <laughs> Super babe, actually. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> she'd wreck you. You seem like the kind of guy that would that would buy a Maxim with Jessica Alba on the cover. I would definitely buy a Maxim with Jessica Alba. I think I did own the Jessica Alba issue if she ever was on that. We can I, fact check that. But. I played a sh- I played a concert once <laughs> at um, the, it's like the Ford Amphitheater or something. Anyways, uh, Jessica Alba was backstage. Oh my god. And I totally crop dusted her, dude. Oh, yeah, you told me about that. Got her good, dude. Uh. I was walking right past her, and I was like, this is never going to happen again in my life. And I had one right on the, right on the cliff of my b-hole. And I just walked right past her and went, Noink. <laughs> kept on walking, dude. Oh, I, she, she was with some handsome buck. And I was like, Jeez. I looked at him, and I was like, you're going to get blamed for this. <laughs> <laughs> Did she say anything about your music? I didn't talk to her. I remember we met on the corner of uh, on, on Swanson Street uh, down in Melbourne. I think it was a Wednesday night. And we were going to a friend of mine's. Uh, she worked at this restaurant. Okay, uh, and hold on. Boom. First impression of Alan. He had a lot of necklaces on. Puka <laughs> <Two> shells? <laughs> 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 Too many. Oh, was like, God. That'll so, be on my gravestone. <laughs> he had like so many necklaces. He had so Why many necklaces on, necklaces? and there was like he had this one like it was as, as big as the head of this microphone is. And if you're not watching this and you're only hearing it, I don't know. It was huge, and it, it's like it was like a dissected, fossilized pine cone. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was third eye blind cone. Oh, dude. it was. I was like, oh, this and American so- needs some. Fashion sense. I just remember necklaces. Mm, to be honest, wow, that's so funny. Um, and I think you had you had some pretty skinny jeans on, and you had some really clunky boots with like a big tongue on them. So needless to that. say, there was no like an instant love attraction no. that you were feeling. No. Oh come on, no, that's not fair. <laughs> Pulls out a mirror and goes, "You see this? Pathetic. Oh. <laughs> no shit. Take a oh good look. 
pathetic. You can't afford a hunt, you know, whatever, $75 a month for this rig. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I'm like, oh, man, I'm so sad. I'm belittled. You know, I'm standing there. I'm like, you're right. I'm pathetic. <laughs> Julian shoves his boss. No. Goes, don't you ever talk to my friend like that. Me and Jules barely know each other, right? We've hung out on a, a few a occasions. We've we've polished off like a half bottle of chap lips Carlo Rossi <laughs> together. But that's about it, you know? We're not that tight. Shoves his boss, goes, don't you ever talk to my friend like that. And his boss goes, screw you, Jules. Get out of here. Jules, right, being the incredible human he is, throws up the double bird and walks backwards out of the car dealership and goes, I quit. He's <laughs> like, all right, I have to make the executive oh, decision. So I called, I called 911, <clears throat> called it in. The ambulance came super quick. They got there and I'm like shaking and super nervous and kind of freaking out. These, am- these EMT workers come out and they're just like, <clears throat> so are you good? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Are you good? This whole fucking mouth is busted out of his face, dude. Like, this is my worst nightmare. This kid's hammered. He's going to wake up tomorrow and fucking (laughs) chop his nuts off. This sucks. And uh, make But I I realized in that moment, I was like, I thought about you because I was like, dude, this is like not a big, a big issue for these EMT workers who are showing up to this to this call they're just you like see that. Cool. You normalize the craziness right, right and i was just like man your reference for what's fucked up is out of control i'm not sure if any of the listeners are aware but we are currently in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> what yep some places have relaxed a little bit other places are have not and pan means pan is like several i think okay like more than one yeah several demics is there a uno demic <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is going to be a tough pod. Mo- monodemics? <laughs> several demics. <laughs> yeah. okay, let's- we are in the middle of a several demic, and uh, the business, every business, I think, is not every business. Amazon seems to be doing great. Yeah, um, oh, they're crushing it. But a good amount of businesses. In uh, this moment, um, there is a lot of lines in the, so- in the sand being drawn um, from multiple people. Um, and Jules, to your point, you know, earlier you said like, I have, I will never know what it feels to feel like that. And that's okay. You Mm -hmm. know, like your experience is just as valid and really all it takes is us is having these conversations and understanding each other and empathizing with each other and seeing the humanness with, you know, each other. Um, you don't need to have my experience and that's okay. You know? And my, but my point is, and again, I'm getting there, is there have been a lot of just crystal clear lines drawn in the sand. And in many ways in this moment, from business leaders, um, city leaders, and I'm just being very general, of course there's been some wonderful people as well, um, I have been really incredibly heartbroken by their response to what is happening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been really challenged in my love for Spokane at the moment mm. on a kind of social justice, equity, you know, anti-racist level. Three. That's amazing because that is so spot on about our personalities. Like when, yeah. when we were talking about anything involving this, right? 
this is kind of our first capacity of well we work, we've worked together plenty of times but this is like our first proper creative venture together yeah. mm-hmm. and just in the conversations leading up to like what we want the podcast to be it was you those two personalities yeah. uh-huh. are highlighted. I'm just I like, want to learn something about myself. And yeah. you go, well, let's learn about, you know, the I, world. Yeah. I'm like, I don't care about <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't give a shit about well, You should be now because of guess what we're doing. That's it. Yeah. No, it is really we're going it down. is really great. And it's nice to have that that um that uh contrast mm-hmm. in in both of our desires mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. you know these type of interviews and this perspective. It definitely helps pull me out of my natural inclination towards just like command and conquer kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, I don't want to make it seem like my, like my childhood was so hard. It wasn't. We, I, had, I grew up in a, in a great family with like great values and we had a blast. It was, it was just my experience. I didn't think it was awful when I was, when I was having it. it and it wasn't even in retrospect, it was just like, that's what it was. And we, and, and I, and I can reflect back on that now and recognize that. So, uh, you know, my whole family has come like full circle and we are all like really close mm. now more than ever. And it's, it's so cool. Like my parents are friends with each other after like 20 years of being divorced and like never seeing each other, speaking to each other, like having any, like just always distance. Um, so it's really cool, but I'm, I, I'm sure that that informs my, um, desires to have children. I, I don't know, but I, I don't know. I'm maybe I'm just scared in general. With everyone that works for my for me and my team, like it, I, I even say like work for me. Everyone I get to work with on yeah. my team. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm. I am awesome, so incredibly blessed and all I want is for them to continue to have a blessed life as well. And so if you come and you spend your money in our restaurants, that's what you're doing. That's so cool, man. Well, we're gonna Let's we're go gonna tonight. go and get some uh, high tide tonight. What what time does high tide close? Six p.m. Six p.m. All right, we gotta get there earlier, Jules. Got dude, I'll buy. Oh, Jules. although I'm only on a parking attendant salary, so <laughs> I'm fucked. I don't know how much. Which, do which this is stuff. which is pretty good in comparison to everybody else who works up here. <laughs> yeah. We do sell hot dogs. <laughs> true. Now. Oh, so okay, cool. Are, I can afford those. Yeah. Uh, There's a certain control in writing a novel. You control every part of it, um, and then. You have to sh- give it out to the world and cede all control, yeah. including the control of how well it's received or God. if it's successful or you know any of that stuff. And you've been controlling every little knob and whistle, and you know you all the characters have done exactly what you thought. You've um, you've built in subtextual things and you've created literary allusions to war and peace and to everything else. And now you have to turn it over to people who might read the first eight pages and, you know, or to someone who might listen to the audio book and say, too many readers, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that, that part of it, uh, letting go and, you know, putting it out there. I think the, whatever sort of career path you have, um, you can look back and say, that taught me this lesson. Mm-hmm. But I think you just have to learn the lesson. Like, mm-hmm. it, the path doesn't, you could have success in the beginning and then a middle period, you could have, you know, I, I spent seven years sending out short stories trying to get them taken by journals and seven straight years of rejections before I sold my first one. So I felt wow. like that long path up 
taught me some of that, that to connect my confidence with my humility, mm. you know, which yeah. is, you, you, you think they're opposites, but I really think they sort of, mm. they sort of connect someplace. Oh, I like coffee and I like tea, but I'm here to do it in my own thing. Too much I'm being, my name right, Johnny might on me and I don't know what that mine. Actually, really good. Spot on. That's a true mouth harp. I'm a rapper. It's a strange thing. Like, I know that I'm wasting my time when I'm in the United States. Like, there's so much to learn about nature. And I need to learn about the people that are now they're, they're like the last left, you know, generations and everything is changing so fast in those countries. And you got to talk to the elders that know things. And why do I want to learn all this stuff that might be obsolete or it might be, you know, who cares that foxes every three years go down this one particular valley and to get to that valley, you got to make a four day trek through there. And you only know this, like who it's like this obscure information that will be lost in a generation. But why do I have to know that? I don't know, but I have but to. You have to. And, um, but then I also realize, you know, I am an American. I have to take responsibility for being a member of society in this way that I'm accustomed to. And I do know that, but I guess I don't go through culture shock, but I crave, I know that I crave being with those kind of people like indigenous traditional living people, there's a certain soul that they have that I don't see in anywhere else. But um, when I'm in the, I guess when I'm, when I'm in the United States, I, I live this life and I'm present with it. But um, I also, now that I've been in like relationships with, I mean, I think oftentimes when you're in a relationship with a girlfriend, you become so intimate and then you re- start to realize that there's a there's a part of your your life that no one will really understand. Um, mm. I never at the crossroads with bones, bones and bone thugs and harmony. Do you know this band, Bone Thugs and Harmony? You know the. Someone never never seen nobody. 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 You know that guy who raps super fast, like Twista. Wait, what? Like Twista, yeah. Like rap super. Julian was rapped like Twisted. I didn't. He did. No, he was trying to, but he would never write in. He would never write in breaths. Yeah. Like he would just like write the fastest line he could, and yeah. in the studio would be like, "All right, lay that line down." And at the end of that line, he'd go, <laughs> <laughs> and then we'd, then we'd have to punch back, you know, have to punch in again. He'd go, <laughs> <laughs> and so on stage when he's running, when he's running around like a like a. 
donkey rabbit. dick. Yeah. <laughs> he, donkey he couldn't dick. breathe, dude. He was like almost oh blacked out. Well, so I was he, also like, like 70 pounds heavier and I was just out of shape and like just like again, sweating into my eyes. Like and Fat Diamond era? For sure. <laughs> no, yeah. now it's Fat Diamond. It was, it was, yeah, now I'm Fat Diamond. I'm CrossFit dude, Chris Farley over that here. Was, that was, that was, that was thick. When you called him Fat Diamond the other day, I was like, I can't help but laugh. That yeah. was funny. There's a lot of good names for me that Alan that has was, at the um, sleeve. Thick, thick lache is my Ooh, favorite. Damn. <laughs> damn, dude. You can't talk about the salt, but can I tell it, please? Sure. Unless you want to tell. No, I'm not. You have to know. This is it's the best slot bucket story. Please come on. This was the round version, not the square. Okay, make sure you eat that mic so we can really get the oh, okay. get the hear the ins and outs of the well, slot it's bucket probably not story. Not as funny to you guys us, but so you just reach out the door and grab the slot bucket and put it, into, and then go in the corner by the door. <laughs> Nobody look over here. I'm yeah, going. I'm going pee. Don't look. Dump. Would you like? Would you face the corner like a dunce no, cap? You put your you... butt to the corner. <laughs> Send everything. I mean, modesty look everything for God's sake. Right. Of course. Of course. Sorry. <laughs> so Sarah thought it would be funny because she figured out inadvertently that if you pushed your butt down in the bucket and then pulled it back out, it'd make like a farting. Ah, uh, yeah, dude. Classic <laughs> fart noises. Farts are funny. They're Farts hilarious. Are funny. <laughs> so she, she started getting into it like, and then all of a sudden she stopped because she created a suction. <laughs> I'm not laughing at the story. I'm laughing at Ruth. <laughs> she didn't get off. <laughs> advocate and saying that like i don't think joy is just like at the forefront of everybody's minds at the it's not easier i just don't necessarily think that's easier and i don't necessarily think it's easier in these cultures that aren't here and now with us you know we're all struggling with things it's all relative like boyle said we're we're, we're going through something whether we're here or we're there and so it's up to us to recognize what's 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 important to us and what makes us happy, and whether it be, you know, dating or companionship or marriage or children or cereal, or cereal, cereal honey yes. nut Cheerios, golden dreams, oh um, whatever that thing might be. It's just important to step back and kind of, you know, you always tell me to kind of pan out in my life and take like, you know, look at it from a, an objective point of view and and really like check yourself and and I'm trying to do that as often as I can to to. Cause I have every reason in the world to be fucking so happy about things in my life. Mm -hmm. And I find myself getting sad all the time. Every, like every other it's day just, I wake up and I'm just like, I think that's okay man. though. Like, I think it's, of course, sadness it's is just, nature. it's a basic human emotion, just like happiness, just like anger. Like I think it's okay to be sad if you're sad. For and sure. It's, it's not like, it shouldn't be like a, why am I sad? I should be happy. Something's wrong with me. Like if you're, if you're sad, like fucking, 
be sad and be that because yeah. it's not going to last forever. Yeah. Hey, I want to yeah. share this with you guys. It's, it just popped into my head that, that, uh, in one of the notebooks, I just like to keep like a little notebook, like pocket size, you know, something that I can fit in my, in my pink floor length women's cardigan <laughs> at all times. Yeah. Um, and I have one of these these little notebooks that's from the TLA in Philadelphia, one of the great venues on earth. I got a good story about that venue. Yeah, well, well let's trade up. I got a, I got a few myself. Um, and at one point in there, I think I was paraphrasing and borrowing a little bit of Alan Watts and perhaps some John Cage. I spent a lot of time early in the year just staring at their their writings, and I wrote. The outlaw lovers gamble. Bet on yourself. So even if you lose, you leave with yourself so you win. So, you, you know, no matter what happens at the table, if you throw your hand down and it is your hand, mm. you win just by putting the hand down. Mm. And I think that's a day-to-day -day affirmation that some days I, I don't, you know, change out of the sweatpants and I sit there and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> mm. I'm not, I haven't done anything with my life, you know, but most days I try to reflect on that and just be like, well, I, I get to be me mm. if I choose it's, to it's, be. Yeah. Was making like sec secular music a separation in and of itself from what you felt like you might have been meant to do when you were growing up in the church because you may have like yeah supposed to like make Christian music or something. Yeah, that was hard for me. Uh huh. And it, in some ways it still is. In in a lot of ways, at this point, I'm I see the beauty in secular music and how it's sacred at the same time. Mm. And so, in a lot of ways, for me now, it's like I don't really worry about that as much because I think it's all God breathed. You know, like mm. everything we do, yeah, in that way. But like it, when I was younger, I didn't understand the complexity to it all. It was like if I don't mention, you know sacred language or like biblical language yeah. in this song then it's it's wrong right yeah and so but at this point it's like the mind you know I, for me it's just open to the point where it's like no it's all god breathed mm. and and however you look at it it's like you know us doing this is like just talking to each other and that's mm -hmm. like a special god breathed moment yeah totally you know yeah i for so long didn't i wanted to feel connected to seattle and then was like, ah, I got to get out of here because of, I don't know, some ego part of my brain was 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 like, like this, I'm I'm like feeling this sense of arrested development, and I need to get out of here. I need to go like make something happen for myself. So moving to New York was to like get away from Seattle. Yeah. Never thinking that I'd come to Spokane and spend time out here. And now that I'm out here, it's just like, oh wow. Like I guess it's just to say that no, like it's wherever you go, it's all it's up to you. However, you're gonna frame that place and whatever you're mm. gonna, right, 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 however right. you're gonna like make it for yourself. And I think you know it's a big testament to you, Alan, for you know having the the resources and the and the space and the opportunity to come out here and get started with all this stuff because i had this idea of like okay cool like after this trip to spokane i'm gonna go back to new york and then i'm gonna start working on all these projects of my own that i have because my kind of acting career is on a standstill but i'll go back and i'll start like you know working on some of these scripts that i've been working on and start producing this and start producing that and i was like why don't i just take advantage of 
like everything that's here right now, especially if you're trying to convince me to do it. I'm like, ah, dude, I don't know if I can. Like, it took it you a minute, crazy. though. It took me a minute, man. It, it was just scary. It's, fair, yeah. it's just scary, you know, and I think it has to do so much with your ego because for me it was just like I've been living in New York and like I'm – supposed to be this like new york actor who lives out there and who does this thing and there's this impression that i want to maintain and it's just like dude that's fucking bullshit like it's not like just do just do whatever actually makes you happy do whatever actually moves you in a direction that feels good and 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 honest even though we ain't got money, ooh, I'm so in love with you, honey, and everything will bring a change of love. In the morning when I rise, you bring a tear of joy to my eyes and tell me. I'm off. You are? I was, yeah. Everything's gonna be alright. It's gonna be alright. It's gonna be alright. Yes, dude. End of the year. Potty pod for the boys. <laughs> End of the year for the boys and girls. For the boys and girls and for the uh, girls and boys. We're taping this early, but I think technically this will come out the 29th. So 28th. 28th. Today. Uh, happy 28th and almost. <laughs> well, it is. Almost the end of uh, 2020. Yeah. Man, what a year it's been. What we're missing there is, is process, and what, what I think uh, Rob's art of its authenticity is process as well. If you're able to sit down in a nice, tidy little laptop with some graphics thing, and, and you got these colors right there, and you're not even your hands dirty. You're just like, and, and it looks great. It looks super killer, like cool. And it just took me a half hour, and it's colorful, and I, you know, and I can run through this filter, and and but it's still a pile of shit and music's the same way all these things require a requisite amount of time and focus and energy and reflection mm. and when you don't give it all that you're you're left with something that might look okay it's mcdonald's you know it might look okay might taste okay initially mm. Mm, that's great but it's not gonna it's not gonna sustain you uh back oh god decades ago i read a book by joseph campbell who, who wrote The Power of Myth and some other great, great books. And he's the one that came up with the phrase, follow your bliss. And he had a little book called An Open Life in which he described that. And he, he just said, if you follow your bliss, you will have bliss. Now, this is different than making, you know, a, a good living out there doing something you don't like doing. Right. And he said, if you don't follow your bliss, you will never have bliss. So you can go out there and seek all this external stuff, which is what most people do, because they have been mind-napped to believe that that's the only way to happiness. Uh, and so they never have bliss. And statistics are really bad in terms of how many people like what they do. I think it's the last thing I remember was somewhere around 85% of the people don't like the jobs they have. Man, that's not a lot of people following their bliss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you might have all the trappings, and that's what people still believe is the answer. Uh, but mm. but you're not happy because. Mm -hmm. So is it better to follow your bliss and not have uh, all the stuff, all the big bank accounts and all that, uh, and still survive? Or to have all that stuff and be unhappy, mm -hmm. 
and never feel satisfied inside. I mean, that's a... I followed my bliss, and I didn't really know until I read that. And then I thought, man, I'd been following my bliss. I just yeah. figured out when I yeah. was young that I liked art, and I went to an art school, and I just I didn't know what I was going to make a living. Uh, I just kept doing what I loved. And the passion, uh, in my case, took me down a wonderful path, right. you know, in terms of career and all of that. Yeah, post Mike's passing, I definitely am more sque trying to squeeze the juice out of life mm. for two almost. Yeah, yeah. Of it's course. like I almost feel like Mike's life got cut short and I'm trying to live for both of us in a way. Yeah. It's like he didn't get to like do all this cool shit. So I feel like I have to do it for him mm. and like double up on it, I guess. I don't know. So I mean, I'm not the best at always following my own advice and, you know, making the most of my time because I feel like sometimes I'm stuck in situations that I'm not necessarily totally content with, mm. with my job and stuff. But I do try to squeeze the most out of everything as possible. And I feel like I'm doing pretty well. The farther you get away from it, you still take things for granted. Of course, mm. you still go mm. back to like feeling like, Oh, I've got lots of time. Mm. You, no matter how much you remind, try to remind yourself today could be my last day or whatever. You know, you still of course live like you're going to live till you're 90 years old. Right. But, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely was a wake up call for sure and made me feel like you really can do whatever you want to do with your life. Mm. And this might be our only one. Mm. I don't, pro you know, propose to like know what's going to happen after this. I used to think I knew, but I definitely don't know. Mm. So this might be our only shot. Yeah. <laughs> so, There's you know, it's almost, it's so weird. And for anybody that, uh, is is doing you know uh, in in this industry um that is like trying to come up in this industry um the more people that i ask about this that are that are kind of seeing an uprise in their in their life it, it seemed like for me when when i was like waiting tables and, and i was in like a bunch of different bands and i was like grinding so hard on this and wanting just so badly or times where i just couldn't keep my lights and my water on but it didn't fucking matter i was so sure of mm. myself and mm -hmm. i knew i was gonna be like this big star and nobody could tell me shit because it was what i was like what i was destined for right yeah. like i knew that's what's supposed to be now what's what sucks about that for me is is the bigger this gets the more also that i get like so scared to death of yeah. like and so like unsure of myself yeah right? careful what you wish for kind of yeah because it feels like it feels like when nobody bought in i was so sure nobody could tell me different uh. and then as soon as like one person turns into a hundred people, turns into a thousand people and so on and so on. The more people that buy in and care about me, the more I'm like freaked out and yeah. questioning myself and mm. doubting everything that I do and hating everything that I do. And, and I don't know why that is because everybody's like, we got your back, Teddy. And then now I don't have my own. You wow. know? And it's, I it's, don't do well at allowing myself to be happy with myself. I'm very happy in the moment, like when I'm creating, I'm really, when I'm present, I'm very happy and I notice that. But it's when I'm thinking about like my perception of myself, I don't allow myself to be happy. Like it's never, regardless of an achievement, regardless of how well I put something together or I create or how well I make somebody else feel, there's always this per portion of me that's, not allowing myself to be happy about it. And I don't know ah. I don't know if that's like I don't know where that comes from, if that's a perfectionism, if that's like cuz a part of me 
appreciates that because I because I, I think what that's that's evolution that's progress that's striving towards making things better than they were before but I don't think you have to hate what you did before to make what you do next better and like I can't listen to old music like it's, it's like my son uh, every morning he'll come downstairs hey he does this and he goes dad and this means like turn on dad's music in the morning oh. and it's kind of sad but it like takes every inch of me like I'm like I'm just doing this because you're the cutest damn thing that's ever walked upright but I don't want to do this. I don't want to turn on my own music and have to listen to every single thing I don't like about the tracks and every single harmony that I should have been, you know. Wow. And so I'd like to get better at that. I'd like to like get better at uh, being kinder to who I've been so that who I become can can do the same. You know, I know that I have to get up at six in the morning to you know, get all three kids to kindergarten. Uh, and I know that then I have seven hours in the studio uh, trying to finish my new record before I have to pick him up. But it doesn't stop me from staying up until 2, 2.30 anyway, <laughs> right. because I'm so pumped about making music or just chatting with friends or, you know. And I think to be able to do what we do, you need that fire. And you need that, yeah. like, you need that thing within you that never listens. Yeah, mm. that childlike playfulness. Yeah, and without it, I would do something else. Mm. I'm I'm happy that I still have that. Um, what's the difference between playing at an empty Lumen Field, seventy five thousand seats that are empty, and playing at a Super Bowl? Like, how do you rev up to do that? Are you doing like whippets in the locker room before you go on, or like what's? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, that's Who told you. Who told you? <laughs> that's the move. This <laughs> <Just> JP. <laughs> I told him that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I played Pee Wee. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, it's uh yeah and unfortunately i didn't get to play in the super bowl um when we won it but because i had a I had a torn hamstring but um yeah even being there and and even you know playing this year without any fans it was it was wild i think i also realized though how much i kind of tone out the mm. the fans until you score like yeah. until somebody scores right like when somebody scored for the first time like i remember who it was uh in a game this year and you're just like you're running up to them, and you're kind of realizing all the weird sounds you make, like when they're when you're so excited because nobody's there's no noise, and like even when you watch it on TV, like they they, they put artificial the noise, noise yeah. on there, so it, it sounds like right. you know everybody's celebrating, but but that's really, not coming through the stadium. Like, no, no, Do you hear everybody like kind of gasping, getting over there. It's just kind of weird. <laughs> oh, but, so uh, strange. It was different, man, but. But one of those things you you just got used to it, and if anything, it, it benefited us because we're such a like high energy team. Right. That those teams who didn't really have much energy and kind of counted on their fans for energy. Uh, this is the first year I decided I must be on the spectrum because, and I I had to do a lot of fucking work, a lot of mental work. I I was in rehab twenty seven times. I don't know if what? you know that twenty seven. Wow. I went one year. I went. I went and then went to the um, sober living where you have to stay sober and get tested. And not, not one year. I stayed for two years. Two wow. years. That's just for one of them. Was that the Malibu one? Yeah. I mean, it was nice. I was, was going to say, they must have had some, they must, must have had a sauna there. Uh, That's why I was there for two years. Yeah. And it was, well, no. And I was very afraid to go back in the real world. And I remember being let go. I actually got kicked out because I finally 
at some benefit, a benefit for autism. That's right. It was a benefit for autism and everyone was drinking and I was like the head guy, like trying to raise money. And I went on stage and I went, Oh, I used to have TV shows and I was on news radio and I was, I was a big star. And now I'm in downtown Fullerton doing a benefit for Oh, yikes. The good shit, I mean, like, I met so many people that are still, you know, uh, peers of mine in yeah. the industry mm -hmm. uh, that wound up, you know, going on to do great things. And I've met many people in my band, many, my girlfriend I met at Berkeley, uh, I, my, you know, I have relationships that'll last a lifetime from there. Yeah. And I think that that is something that I'll never... I'll never knock Berkeley for it. Like, it definitely is something to be said about getting so many talented people mm. that are all on the come up, all developing their skills. Like, all, you know, on, a, like, on like two blocks. Yep. You've just, you know, some, some cool shit's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the thing that I didn't like about it was that it was, it, it turned art into a very formulaic mindset. Yeah. Uh, for a lot of people, and for me for a period of time, I mm. think, that I fell into that. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think overall, you know, everybody, I, I feel like, especially in a, in a Berkeley context, everybody is like that dude musically from their hometown, right? Mm. Like, you're, you're probably the best from wherever you're from, but... Then you go to Berkeley and you're not shit. Like nobody, right. you know, nobody knows who you yeah. are. She smells like like poopy doopy. Do dogs have torsos? Is that this? Does that work the same way? Uh, let's like, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Do dogs I, I have torsos? Like, they have like obviously legs that would be the bottom half of mm -hmm. them, but like they got ribs, the top. I would think that they have. I torsos. wish dogs walked on two hind legs. Isn't torsos just like the? Uh, the, the space where all your organs hang out. I don't know. I just, I just, I just associate torso with like what is upright. So like what's below uh, my belly button, I guess, is my like lower torso. Well, so they don't call it a torso. They call it well. There's a chest. There's the withers, which are fun. <laughs> ah, the, the withers. Uh, the shoulder, the prosternum, <laughs> I don't upper care arm, forearms. Yeah, I no longer I think, have a torso. I just have withers. <laughs> <laughs> I think what they, I think what they have. Well, they have an abdomen, well, no torso, an abdomen. and a loin. I think the loin is maybe what is in place of the torso. Folks at home, if you know the answers, yeah. don't tell us, because this <laughs> is a fake show. <laughs> we are idiots. Loins. <laughs> there was a specific incident where I was waiting. I was supposed to be working with Dr. Dre and his team, and I was basically like out here, like staying different places, planning to move, but hadn't made, fully made the move. And when they finally got the session ready, I was like on the way to the airport to go do like my New Year's run with Soul Live. And we had like sold out shows. I think we had the 930 Club, like Irving Plaza, a couple other. And uh, I remember trying to explain to them that I couldn't. I was like, I got shows. And they're like, shows? What are, you, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm in a band. We, we do shows. And they're like, well, get someone else. I'm like, uh, we can't. I'm like in the band. There's three of us. Oh, uh, you know? And because the scenes were so different at that time. Yeah. And, you know, no Instagram or no anything. So I, it was like two different worlds I was living in, you know, that was like one was like trying to make it in this like pop hip hop 
world and then one was like soul lives world which was somewhere between jazz and jam band and i think when you start to realize that you are way more in control of your life than you have been giving yourself credit for Mm. you start to live your life a little bit differently than you had been and i certainly before turning 30 and stopping drinking was living my life on this like coast this coasting uh kind of approach where I was just like, yeah, I'm drinking, I'm having fun. People like me. I'm popular. I'm having a blast. I'm an actor in New York. And it's just like not taking control until you do. And then realizing, holy shit, I actually can do so much. I have the capacity to do really awesome things if I just decide that I will do them. Mm. And it's learning that going to the gym or going on a meditative retreat or going, you know, to climb up Mount Everest or whatever it is that you do, typically the hardest part is just putting your shoes on and like going out the door to like Ladies and gentlemen, presenting the Godfather himself. What's his, what's your dad's middle name? Patricio. So Patrick? Yeah. All of Is that what it would be like any Yeah, in, it would uh, just be Diego Patrick Gavelanes. Is Diego <laughs> is Diego essentially just Doug? <laughs> it's Dent. No, it's not Doug. It's Diego. But is, it, is the equivalent in English Doug? I don't think so. I think it's just <laughs> Doug Patrick Avalonis, everybody. Is it? Hi, Tony. Yeah, it... Hello, Miko. Happy birthday. <laughs> very well I'm learning it just for you I hope you get to see your bank account take a look it'll be a nice little surprise <laughs> did it stop did you stop it I stopped <laughs> surprise <laughs> Can you open this for me? I don't have fingernails anymore. I've been biting them again. Ah, oh, Jules, you're back on that train. Jules is a nail biter, folks at home. Have we press record? Are we starting? Oh, yeah. Have we started? Sure. We're live, baby. We're live. Gracious day. Um, Julian, unfortunately, not unfortunately, I guess, a it's lot of people awful, deal with the this. the worst. Uh, <clears throat> he's a nail biter. Unfortunate. He's an anxious, he's an anxious Andy and uh, bites through his nails. And so he got this nail polish. And he puts on his nails that taste like literal butthole. Yeah, they give it to kids. Worse than literal butthole. Thumb, I'd, pr- right? I'd honestly rather taste literal butthole. Than <laughs> Who's literal this. butthole, though, do you think like it closely like, resembles? Like Andre the Giant after a wrestling match? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing that I find I am easily the most capable of spending my money on. Indulging and in going out. Oh yeah, that's easy. like that's it. I don't literally don't buy a fucking winter coat, but I will go just spend my whole paycheck on eggs benedict and lava cake from wherever the fuck I'm going. <laughs> mm. It sucks. 
but it's also great because I'm having like a great experience. It's, a great, it's with great to be your like, friend. Yeah, but I I don't ever go out with you and let you do that. Well, yeah, you're the only, I'm like you're the Jules, only one. Let's like let's. That's just because you make more money than me. I did at one point <laughs> in my life, <laughs> but all that money, bye bye. I was yeah yeah. Was, do you I, feel I, like there's advantages in art, or is it just like luck? Well, that's a good question. Uh, there's certainly advantages. I mean, like everybody is subject to their own independent uh, brand of whatever that art is. So like you are only you. You are the only Alan Stone there is. Right. Like, I, like it's But doesn't that take away the advantage? Like because everybody is themselves, doesn't it even the playing field? So that advantage of yourself isn't well. Yeah, applicable? I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like, I, if, if as an example, you know, like I play, I audition a lot for like douche bags and like cop military douchey kind of like frat boy type of dudes, um, and it it makes sense because it's all based aesthetically. So there's just like you look like a fucking asshole. So I'm looking at right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, take a take a look at me. <laughs> Take a, look, take, a, take a look at me. He put these clothes right. on himself. D-bag central over here. D-bag Janisha right Dick here. Dick Wolf, take a look. Uh, Dick Wolf, you, what you want? You want me to come play a cop? Bro, all you need is a vape. Yeah. <laughs> Heard that you called when you walked out the door and walked out of my life. Heard my heart. I cried so many nights. Unbreak my heart. Unbreak Ooh. my heart by Selena Gomez. <laughs> what a babe, dude. <laughs> Celine Dion, I thought. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> where, where are you getting your info, bro? Yeah. Snopes. Dang, dude. You need to check your facts. Yeah, Selena Gomez, dude. <laughs> she is so good. Hot off the press. Um, Julian Gavilanis. Not only does he believe, sorry, I'm eating while on the microphone, <laughs> which is probably super annoying for our yeah. fans. Chex mix, Chex mix, shout out to Chex mix. Anytime you're intimidated by something that you want to do, it's it's natural. You just have to dive in and suck at it for a while. Yeah. Like if you go back and watch early episodes of this show, episodes of the Live at the Lodge, you go back and listen to early records, You like anything you used to do mm -hmm. sucks. Yeah. And you have to be okay with failing and sucking. Right. I mean, we suck right now. Like, we're in the suck phase still. Oh, yeah. Well, and we'll constantly, whenever we go five years back, we'll be like, God. God, we are such, such idiots. Can you idiots. Believe? <laughs> but that is kind of fun. I mean, to have this documented and recorded and put into the world is pretty cool because 20 years from now, to come back and look at these things is going to be interesting and fun because this is a documentary of us. Yeah, a light is waiting to carry you home. Oh, when you're lost out there, Close and you're though. all alone. Uh, it's, well, it sounds like they because they change the syllables. It's like a light, a light is waiting to carry you home, everywhere you look. But the Family Matters theme song was the was the best because it started with a sneeze. Oh, because Urkel sneezed? No, I don't know if it actually was a sneeze, oh. but it sounded like it in the song. It's probably just like a snare roll or something. Yeah. Did you guys I, ever go through? Did you, my mom, when I was young, we could never use chapstick. <laughs> she would only use Vassal. Yeah, we just had a huge like, petroleum Costco. gel. 
size bucket of <laughs> Vaseline. Can and I? whenever we'd have chup chap <laughs> hooves, mom would just <laughs> rub on some <laughs> Be like, Mom, can I just can I just can I? get like Burt's bees like all the other kids? Oh my god. Mom was like, No, that stuff has fiberglass in it. Dude, I humped a bucket of Vaseline once. <laughs> <laughs> the whole bucket? Yeah. Did you go to the store and buy it for that purpose? No, no, this is awful, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your guys' favorite person you've ever met in your entire life? You. <laughs> That's not true. Um, my favorite per I mean, I like both of you a lot. Same. But I know you too well, so I know all the things I don't like right. about you too. So I think like, God, the, my favorite person I've ever met. Yeah. That's such that's such a loaded question. I know. Cuz like my wife, for sure. Come on, don't be an idiot. No, but like there's <laughs> things about my wife that obviously annoy the <laughs> fuck out of me. Right? There's things that about me that annoy you guys. About but the favorite person you've ever like had a chance to like meet and then like never come back to dude, like I am like... roasting some bowls over here and it is smells like Smells like hospital food. What you're flatulating? I've been you're court washing over there, <laughs> dude. I've been. <laughs> I have been. I can't smell them. I have been round. I've been sending them home over here, and it is. Hey, we got some phone numbers. Let's call somebody. Let's do it. Davey, we saw Davy Matz one time at a hotel, and he obviously recognized you, and like came up and was very cordial and kind and sweet and so soft spoken. He sound. He sounds just like you would expect him to sound. Like just very, <laughs> just like zend out and and like he did a four hours of yoga right before he came right. in um and i remember him walking away after he had like said hey i give you a hug and kind of walked away we we're getting on an elevator and he like turned away and made it a point to come back and be like grab my hand and be like hey man I i'm dave and i was just like i'm i'm julian man thanks for coming <laughs> back and shit saying that like you didn't need to do that at oh, all but dave. it was a very sweet thing that he did He's like he's a nice guy. He's so I think I can chest bump him. Give him a chest bump. I'm gonna give him a chest bump. Yeah, like chest bump might, might be a little aggressive for him. I might give him like a like a thrust. I don't think bump. any of those things would be appropriate. <laughs> um, I might just give him like a back. Like a, I might just crack his back. <laughs> <laughs> just crack his back for from him. behind. Like, yeah. what is, like, Pull him back off his feet yeah. and try to crack his flexor. Yeah. This was the best. This was early on into our friendship too. Julian, uh, Julian's father is from Ecuador. Julian went over to Ecuador. Um, must have been two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and he got so sick over there with a fever. He came back, and he had th like hundreds of fever blisters in his mouth to the point where he he couldn't. It like hurt him so bad to even talk, right? Just like essentially eating yogurt and like smoothies. Well, this is really fun for me, right? Because like Julian was still his like laughable, lovable self throughout the pain of these fever blisters. And so we were either I was living at your dad's house or we were living together. So we were hanging out quite a bit at this point, but we were new friends. Uh, the fever blisters. I remember we we're, were like hanging out at his house, and we get in the hot tub, and he's in the hot tub. He's just like flapping his arms like a bird a little bit, like, uh, 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 uh. 
my all and he turns turns looks at me my all what all in one your armpits are inflamed yeah so the next morning julian's like can't put his arms down like his 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 armpits are in so much pain that he like can't even put his arms down he goes to the doctor like oh dude you you have shingles, which I don't know. How, anybody listening to this podcast, like, like any time, bro, it's like the only people I've ever heard of having shingles, like barely could walk. They had a walker. They were like in a wheelchair. So I was like, this is yeah. an old person's disease. I, I don't I don't understand how you have it. <laughs> so Julian can't put his arms down. He's in so much pain. He's like literally walking around like he's in two arm, full body arm casts. <laughs> And only like spoon feeding yogurt, <laughs> spoon feeding yogurt like he's doing chest presses, and um, like he's doing uh, chest presses. Hey, yeah. So the next few days dealing with the shingles and the fever blisters, he gets Bell's palsy. Now, for those who listening who don't know what Bell's palsy in, buckle up. Bell's palsy is a disease where it's a neurological disease where half of your face goes numb right down the middle, bro, left to right. So Julian wakes up in the morning and he can't move. Was it the left or the right side of your face? I forget. Was, One this, side of his the face, right side of my face, his right side would not move. Couldn't <laughs> blink, just drooling out of the side of his mouth. Uh, aye, aye, aye. You know, like. Straight up looked like Chunk from the Goonies. Had to <laughs> had to tape his eye shut in order to sleep. So yeah. got the fever blisters, got shingles from the fever blisters, and then the stress of both of those, he got Bell's palsy. He comes home and he oh, yeah, yeah. grabs a piece of paper and he writes, there's a 50% chance my face will never work again. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, announcement. What? It's Stevie Baby's 97th birthday today. <laughs> got to shout out, dude. Keeping Look at us rocking our tiki's, dude. Tight, dude. Tight and, tight and fresh, dude. Look at you. God, you're hot. It's the tight. Hawaiian, baby. The Hawaiian We're trying to represent, too, dude. Check I us know. out. Look at that 50-50 split over there. Yeah. Now I'm going to take it out, too. How are, you, how are you feeling, baby Steve? Big 3-6, dude. Yeah. I feel old. 36 really? is crazy. I don't know. Maybe it hasn't hit me yet. I wasn't really looking forward to turning 36, I guess, but it is what it is. Happy to be with you guys on my birthday. Hell yeah, just, dude. Yeah, like growing up in the church, it it was always sort of talked about like your relationship with God is your own personal relationship. <clears throat> Meaning we're all going to meet here on Sunday and we're all going to sing the same songs and we're all going to listen to the same minister and we're all going to like read the same book. But ultimately, your relationship is personal. And I never got that. I mean, like so many things growing up in the church, I never got. Because like I'm, I'm, I can understand things subjectively, but like truth to me is objective. You know, like did I can't you just be... lie about no about like knowing those things then and but buying into them, or did you like how did you how did you um, like navigate that? Well, I I <clears throat> I bought into the community, so 
you know, my family was incredible. All my friends and their families were incredible. And so it was like, well, this is great. We're all hanging out. You know, this is my, this is my squad. Well, with, I'm starting to really uh, establish boundaries for myself. Good. Um, because if I don't, then I'm just, everybody's getting my energy. Every, and it's like an equal amount. Like somebody that I've spent 30 years with is getting the same amount of energy that like, fuck boy at the bar who's just like what's up dude i like your shirt i'm like oh bro i fucking love you man and it's just like why am i treating these no. people as equals they're not but i'm yes. doing that and like giving love is a great thing but like preserving some of that that energy not so that i can just give it to people but so that i can just like fill myself up and yes. just feel energized as a as a person for myself that's been my whole approach. It's just like, if I love everybody, then everybody's going to love me and I want everybody to love me. So I'm just going to love everybody. And it's like, it's, it's exhausting. And it leaves me coming home by myself, laying down and being exhausted. like, I fucking hate myself. Yes. <laughs> like as uh, as an honorary one year tribute to this podcast, we have brought on our best friends, lovers, champions, and choice choice mamas yeah stephanie fleck and laura jower <laughs> stephanie fleck is my is, is these are all of our best friends steph and i live together here in the house that i'm podcasting from right now and laura steve's wife we need you guys yeah need keep us, us on together. the fact check for sure oh, yeah for laura's got, laura's sure. Got google yeah, she's a google queued up right a little now. less fact checking necessary when alan's not on the podcast but <laughs> yeah how long does Seriously. that take two minutes in two minutes in two minutes in for what i bet myself how long it would take to smack talk alan Oh, let's just talk shit. Let's just two minutes eighteen. I lost five bucks. I thought it was going to be about a buck forty. It's been a crappy day outside and all that stuff. But I get home and these two lovely ladies just out on the deck, just suns out, tits out, day drunk. Damn. And I was like, "Hey guys, let's do a podcast in two hours." Hell yeah! And we're here. Here we are. And we're here. We're we're promoting each other. You guys got drinks? Oh yeah. You bet. Nice. What do you got? Got a full bottle. Like the things that I would do at home that I would be celebrated. I'd be put on people's shoulders for. At ASU, I was getting called a faggot and run out of parties and fucking kicked in the face. And it was like, I remember coming home and just being so confused. Like life, the the what I had grasped on as like life, like was totally askew and and relief. And, uh, and I remember that night I got in, in that fight, you know, basically I got jumped and it was like an adrenaline. Like, I don't even remember it. I remember like I'm running to jump in dudes, like the back of his truck to get out of there. Like, I don't remember anything, but I called my mom and I was like in tears and blah, 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 blah. and my mom <laughs> calls me back the next morning and she goes, um, I got your message and are, are you saying that you're that you're gay i was like it's <laughs> like no mom <laughs> i'm saying i got jumped because i was wearing an NSYNC shirt and everybody I thought, I was because they thought i was gay and i stuck up for the gays you, you can if you keep going and you keep practicing the tools that are offered through it it's just another way for for you to kind of grow and and get better um and i'm interested in that for sure Cool. So, how's the craft services? 
Oh, dude. <laughs> it's fucking they have some... on point, dude. We had P.F. Chang's last night. <laughs> Shut no, you up. Didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. I'm just joking. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Don't give me that broccoli raw bullshit. Yeah, it's got some day-old powdered donies in there. Hell, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, there was some sidewalk chalk. <laughs> if you go to school to be a manager or a lawyer, there are companies you can apply to and there are businesses that are established that you can present your resume and start. When you're going to be an artist or musician or actor, you are that business and you are starting from the bottom and you have to basically prove to everyone that your business is this incredible thing that should be seen and should be and that becomes tricky because let's say you don't go to school for music and you go to school for whatever business management and you start up a business if that business fails the business failed as an artist it's tough because you are your business and sometimes you put a ton of effort into something you put a bunch of energy and mentally you know maybe that business maybe that project fails it's like i feel like i failed you know it's it's sure. it's a deeper part of me that 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 feels like i failed but it's also my entire life. There's people with multiple businesses all over the place and like, I need, this is something I need to do and this is something that is kind of everything to me. So I, I need, I need it to work out. Um, yeah. Which is, which is a good flame to have, I guess. Um, well, but it can be yeah. tricky. At <laughs> yeah, point. it goes both ways, man. Yeah. I think the chip, the chip on the shoulder uh, comes a lot from recognizing people who are really gifted at something that, lack work ethic because mm. it's just like whoa man like what are you doing get like do something here like this yeah. is incredible like what do you, like it, it almost like feels offensive because i sometimes feel like i don't have an innate ability to do really anything and so i'm just like tr trying things i'm like i'm i'm relying way heavily more heavily on my own work ethic that i'm constantly developing and so when i see somebody that i'm like is that that is obviously talented at something and they're just like whatever it's just like give me that and mm -hmm. i'll go do something with it like this is uh, this is this is painful um so i don't know I, ultimately i shouldn't care because like it's not me and they get to do whatever they want and if that's what they want to do then that's what they get to do but i just wish people would give themselves permission to like actually you know touch base with their work ethic look and don't resent me i didn't want to become a professional dancer okay <laughs> you i know so i'm much. naturally well, you know, fucking Steve, gifted you have so much yeah. talent though. <laughs> i yeah, didn't dude. want to do it i didn't like the tiny shoes this is an, this is an intervention <laughs> <laughs> i knew it was, i knew jules was coming at an angle at me but no well, i really i do hope at the end of all this someone just shows a friend of theirs and goes how good's this yeah and yeah. they actually mean it absolutely i hope that there's oh, yeah. something there at uh, some sort of reflection of this show that somebody can go, hey, how good's this? Exactly. That, that's, that's the dream. That's the dream, baby. That's the dream, man. Onward and upward, boys. Onward I'm putting my D upwards, on the dance baby. floor. Come on, Dude, son. I'm get that my... D on the D floor. <laughs> <laughs> Big old D on the floor, baby. Have a, have a wonderful, wonderful fall, and uh, we'll see you at the top of season two. How good's this? How good's this? How good's this? Love y'all. Hey, did you like that? I figured you might. Well, we're going to ask you to do all the things that podcasters tell you to do. Subscribe, rate, review, comment. Go share this podcast with all of your friends. You can follow us on Instagram at howgoodsthis underscore podcast. And if you want to reach out, 
You can email us at howgoodsthispodcast at gmail.com. Go tell your friends all about everything that's happened here. If you're interested in hearing Alan Stone and myself spilling all that tea in the good goss segment of this podcast, you're going to get to hear Alan Stone say things that he might honestly never say out loud and in public. So it's worth it. Head on over to Patreon and join our little community. For as little as $5 a month, you can contribute to this podcast and really help us make a difference in building this thing out. Patreon.com slash live at the lodge. We love you guys very much and uh, we'll see you next week. How good's this?